that day or not it's the 26th dated of august now i need to know from you guys if you can hear this banging going on in the background uh this is uh back up roger sales radio ranch people's patriot network if you uh, would like to join us today we've got a pretty full packed show today i think we'll have a lot of important things to discuss some of them out of left field um the number to reach us is, I don't do this often enough, 404-448-1420. And since you grabbed your pencil in the middle of that, let me repeat it. 404-448-1420. Love to have you join us. Um, yeah, really great. Um Glad to have you along. We'd love to have you join us. And part of the reason is because I even tried to call Chris right before the show and couldn't get a hold of him because this is the first day of the second week of the upstairs construction and uh, dealt with it last week. I can explain a little bit of that, but they're inside above me today. So, you know, we've had interesting experiences with this little setup. So I imagine I want to know if you can hear that drill. Sometimes, you know, the dogs could be raising holy Hades outside and you couldn't hear them. Uh, somehow this microphone blocks that out. But then the yard guy, geez, came by with a, I just hope this doesn't continue. The yards guy came by with a weed eater one day. <laughs> Jeez almighty. I hope you can't hear it, but it distracts the absolute fire out of me. You can't hear it, huh, Cody? I'm I'm shocked because it's really distracting to me. This guy's got a drill upstairs doing something. So anyway, it's intermittent. There he quit. But uh, it was interesting to me that the the yards guy was out out there one day with a weed eater and the audience could hear it. But the dogs, five or six of them out there just raising holy haties, uh, nobody could hear it. So, all right, I I can hear it, Greg says. Well, if anybody could hear it, Greg, I'd expect it to be you. Um, Let me see. How do we start off today? Um, I'm going to do something a little bit different. I stumbled on yesterday. Might as well start the show off with it. I don't even remember where it came to me or how I stumbled on it, but I went ahead and hit this video, and I was uh, very impressed. Um, And I'd like to promote this group a little bit because I'm sure the mainstream media and the traditional record business isn't going to promote them too much, and they are incredibly talented uh, with with a wonderful song, I think, all of us. uh, See the bang in there? Dang, bang, bang. Yeah, jeez. Last week of it, folks. I'm a <laughs> hello. Hell yes, hello. Oh man, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to ask them if they would cool it for the couple hours I'm on the air here. But you're asking little old Ecuadorian guys that are working for, you know, virtually nothing. Hey, 
anyway, I'm going to play this video and we'll see if we can cut it off if you can hear that for at least a couple of minutes. I think this is a, a very moving. I don't know if you'll get the full impact of it without the video because the setting uh, behind it is uh, incredibly beautiful. Mountains and stuff looks like Europe to me. Um, but what I was thinking that hit me uh, since I stumbled into this yesterday, here comes Shane calling in here. Now there's Shane. How you doing, Shane? Oh, oh, hold it. I got him muted. Hold on, Shane. Hold on. Hey, Shane, how you doing? Is anybody banging at your house today? Uh, lots of cars, though. Lots of cars. Lots well, of cars. I think yeah. I could get used to the cars as banging and, and electrical machines or, or tools is a little much. We're going to have to stumble through it, though. I'm going to see if I can't right. get them to cool it the rest of the week during 10 to 12 with this kind of stuff. Um... Anyway, Shane, as I was talking leading up to this, I'm going to play you. I think you're going to like it a whole lot. And I want to promote these guys because they're just damn good. Uh, and the reason I say that, you know, my career was in the music industry. I was a professional, and I worked with uh, some of the most famous names of our time, literally. And um, I was very fortunate in that even though I was mainly a pop guy, uh, the, uh, several of the labels, two of them that I worked for, had tremendous country rosters. And the Southeast, being so much country-oriented as well as black and pop, you had a real fertile ground to cross records over from one format to another. In other words, if you could get a good country song that wasn't too twangy, you know, dang, 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 mm -hmm. you could get one of those big on the country list. The, the stations that played regular pop music in that area of the country would be more predisposed to play those to their audience. And that's called a crossover. When it crosses over from one format to another and you increase your sales dramatically. Okay? So, um, there's there's our drill bit coming back. I guess they put the hammer down. Um, which a lot of people want to do these days, put the hammer down. So one of the reasons uh, that I was in that part of the country and I was exposed to a lot of country stuff. So in those two labels, Shane, I got to not only work with but meet and get to know as well as you can know in that setting. Um, two of the greatest group groups that have ever been out there from a commercial and artistic level and that was with Mercury a band called the Statler Brothers Band which many people especially country oriented folks know who they are and the other when I was with ABC I got to work with the Oak Ridge Boys several times very impressive both of them and their music is wonderful and they have all that great group harmony and so that uh, uh, was one of the things I thought about as I listened to this. I'll put the, uh, we're going to promote these guys a little bit, give you their name, and I know you can get, in fact, I'll let the whole thing play through because they talk about it a little bit at the last because I'm sure some of you are going to want to hear more of these folks. So anyway, let me introduce to you a group called Home Free. Home Free. Free, and I don't think I'm going to have to introduce the song to you. So just sit back and enjoy it. It's about five minutes long. Do, 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 do. 
Thank you so much for watching How Great Thou Art. This is our first music video from our new album, Full of Even More Cheer. It's out on November 11th. 
but you can pre-order a copy today. We're so excited to be partnered with Walmart as our exclusive retailer. You can go over and get all the pre-orders at walmart.com and we're also going to be autographing all those pre-orders. And if you're nowhere near a Walmart, you can always get our album at homefreemusic.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel. And a big special thanks to all our supporters on Patreon. It's, a, it's you all who help us make such wonderful videos just like this one. If you don't support us already, please go over and check us out. We can use all the help we can get. And please keep in touch with us. Uh, there's a link below in the details where you can sign up for our newsletter. And also go like us and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Thanks again for watching, and we'll see you on the road. Can I get a hallelujah? Can I get an amen? Feels like the Holy Ghost running through you when I play the highway FM. All right. I wanted to play that one there, Shane. And Because I'm going to tell you what, these guys are going to be really superstars. Uh, I don't even think the media yeah, will be able yeah. to hold them back. They're tremendous. Um, mm. If you could see the video behind that, um, and it is, as he said, the first release of an album, their first album. It's going to be available, as I guess he said right there, at Walmart. But if you want to go to the website, homefreemusic.com, and uh, these boys are real talented. So... Yeah. So pretty cool. How you doing, Shane? Did you have a good weekend? Um, yes, actually I did. I had a fabulous. Well, I don't know. It was kind of like uh, out of body experience. Uh oh. Uh -oh. Was, now, Shane, hold, was, the, hold. You know we got to explore this. What kind of an out of body <laughs> experience did you have, son? Well, I mean, uh, my dreams were just really uh, revved up, and therefore I, I had some. Uh, Exciting dreams, really awesome dreams. You weren't you weren't participating in any extracurricular activity this weekend to make you have those dreams so vivid, were you? <laughs> no, I was not. Okay, okay. Well, just asking, Shane. I mean, you didn't eat yeah, any uh, magic mushrooms or any course, of that stuff, yeah. huh? No, no. Okay, well, good deal. No. Uh, did your dreams? I've been so sober for seventeen years now. Good for you. Did your dreams tell you anything you need to, that they wanted you to relay to us? Um, well, I, I guess it was traveling. I was in a uh, foreign um, mall. I was in a mall in a foreign land, and I couldn't find my way in. I could not find my way out, and I was pretty. Uh, is this a comment? Do you Observant. Think, do you think the dream was a comment on our immigration status? Because <laughs> I swear you can go to a mall up there outside of Minneapolis and you think you're in Baghdad. <laughs> I'm not kidding you either, man. <laughs> they got the bazaars and the women and all that burka stuff and... Uh, 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 wow. uh, what do they call those belly dancers and all that you know <laughs> snake charmers hell there ain't no telling what you'll find in a mall in our country today so maybe this was a a, a dream that you had on our immigration status that's a possibility maybe yeah we can entertain that possibility can't we <laughs> well well here comes the aforementioned mr cave oh. 
Mr. Chris, front and center, bright and early Monday morning on the 26th. How in the world are you doing? Hello, Chris. Chris, Earth to Chris, I know you're there. <laughs> I see you. You're on my little panel. <laughs> oh, well, maybe Chris just wants to listen. Okay. <laughs> well, I got drills. I got hammers. I got callers that don't want to talk. I mean, it's just one of those wonderful Monday mornings here. <laughs> Chris, are you plugged in yet, buddy? No, he's not plugged in yet. Well, I tell you, it just gets curiouser and curiouser. Today, usually we kind of concentrate on financial stuff. I thought today was going to be a very interesting day in the financial market, Shane and Chris. Oh, yeah. And as I go to bed last night, uh, there's all kinds of upheaval in the Asian markets, and I go over and check the spot price of gold, and it's up, it's up like 20, 30 bucks. 20, 30 bucks up into 13, 50, 55 range. And I go, oh boy, I guess Monday's going to be a lot of fun. So I get up this morning and Mnuchin and Trump must have got the plunge protection team up real early or they stayed up. They pulled an all-nighter last night because if you go to the Kitco, that's for those of you who don't know, this is one of the old standard sites for metal uh, pricing and information, although they're not tremendously gold-friendly, we've learned over the year years is an outfit out of Canada and it's Kitco, K-I-T-C-O dot com. Have you ever gone over there, Shane, to Kitco? Yes, and I just watched it and I turned it off. Well, I mean, you got to refresh it every now and then to get that spot price right. I think it lags just a little, but if you ever follow the spot price, not for the, not for the price, but for the reaction, because it's supposed to be, of course, market reactions, and you know that it's manipulation reactions. And last night was just a perfect example because I popped on it. It's at thirteen fifty-five. Whoever's wrong, Chris, is that you rumbling around? Have we finally got you? That's me. Ah, there he is. Okay, we'll stand by. I so it was up at thirteen fifty-five, and I get up this morning. That's first thing I want to check. And man, in the middle of the night, they took that sucker all the way down to thirteen twenty or something. Just incredible how on top of the gold spot price these folks are as a canary in the coal mine. Uh, and it's interesting because usually in the past, historically, in these rallies, from what I understand from the experts that have followed it longer and more in depth than I have and do, is that silver usually leads gold, okay? But silver is an exceedingly smaller market than gold, and they can control it easier than they can control the gold market. And they sure seem to control it pretty damn easy. So uh, this time, the folks in the know, quote unquote, have been saying that gold will lead silver, and that appears to be happening. Um, and uh, don't forget, our friends over at J.P. Morgan are sitting on somewhere over 800,000 ounces of silver they've been buying at these suppressed prices. So, Chris, I tried to call you right before the show, and I couldn't get you. I thought you might have been incarcerated or off helping somebody in court somewhere or something. Um, Otherwise, uh, this <laughs> obligates, I apologize. <laughs> okay, well, no problem. I, well, listen, we all understand obligations. Now, what I was trying to do, I had a motive to that. Can you hear that right there, that drill? 
I do. Okay, well, that's what I was trying to alleviate by getting you on the phone so that when this guy started that CRAP upstairs, I could mute out uh, and let somebody else talk so it wouldn't irritate the whole thing. Uh, so. Uh, oh, I thought that was you doing your own dental work. <laughs> uh, well, no, I'm not. Are you associating me with Jeffrey Epstein? Uh, no, not at all. I just uh, I do my own dental work on occasion, not usually drilling. But I thought perhaps you were doing the same thing. Well, you don't hire, you don't go and buy uh, ten fifteen thousand dollar dental chairs for each one of your homes with all the equipment associated with it, though, do you? Well, I don't think they're examining teeth in there. To be honest with you, I think it could be for other purposes. Well, you know, it's. A, the, do you remember the movie The Marathon Man? With Dustin Hoffman Vaguely. years ago. Do you remember that, either one of you? Mm -hmm. Shane, do you? Vaguely. Clang, bang, bang. I feel like I'm in the Soviet Union with the, the hammer and the sickle upstairs. Um, the uh, Marathon Man movie, if you remember, was uh, uh, about diamonds and Nazi loot after, supposedly, after they taking it from all the Jews who stole it from everybody else. <laughs> so, but not, evidently this, this ex-Nazi dentist who was some head of one of their uh, uh, agencies back in the days was after these diamonds. And for some reason they thought Dustin Hoffman knew where they were. And so they kidnapped him, if I remember correctly. And this is one of the most bone. There's two or three scenes out of movies that you just that when you recall them, they just give you a little chill, you know. And this is one of them. I, there's two that I have. One of them's the the old Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid movie. Now everybody saw that, right? Mm -hmm. And they're down mm -hmm. in Bolivia, you know, and come across those guys, and they're going to have that fight. And the guy says, well, Robert Redford says, well, before we start, we need to get the rules straight. The guy goes, rules? What rules? And he kicks him right in the groin. Remember that? Mm, every every man, <laughs> generally every man that sees, saw that movie remembers that scene. Okay? And this mm -hmm. is somewhat similar. It wasn't of, of, uh, of that personal uh, persuasion. Well, I guess it's that. Yeah, it was. Um, well, with this dentist... What he would do is he'd kidnap Dustin Hoffman and he'd tie him up in this chair and they would take a drill and drill into the nerves of his teeth trying to get mm -hmm. him, him to tell him where the diamonds were. Do you remember that? And I he'd don't remember be, that one. Well, he'd be obviously screaming his head off and this is where you I mm -hmm. found out one of those little uh, helpful tips that's helped me throughout my life a couple of times, and that's to stop the pain. If he if he wouldn't tell them, uh, it, they drill, and then to stop the pain, they'd put oil of clove on it. And oil of clove masks tooth pain. Did you know that? I have been exposed to that information before, okay. yes. Well, if somebody in the audience doesn't know it, you ought to always have a, a small bottle of oil of clove in your bathroom for either yourself, hopefully not, but for other people. And this is one of those home remedies. You take a little oil of clove and put it right on a toothache or a abscess or any of that stuff, it, it quiets it down and takes the pain away temporarily. 
okay? And you know how excruciating that pain can be when you have a tooth pain like that or some problem. And the guy, mm-hmm. the guy, the, the Nazi guy, playing the Nazi guy, and he'd, he'd get with Dustin Hoffman and say, is it safe? Is it safe? And he'd keep asking him this, is it safe? And he'd go, I don't know, I don't know. And they'd take the drill and go, and you'd just sit there in your chair and just cringe. Okay, so anyway, that's kind of what this reminds me of today. (laughs) So, uh, well, let's see, a couple things we need to bring up. I'm hoping John and Kathy are going to be on with us today. If they're not, I'm going to beat them because uh, there's some kind of uh, exigent circumstances at BitClub Network that we need to take care of with KYC docs, and I'm just not sure. I got an email going over all this stuff on Saturday night, and I tried to comply yesterday, and I figured we'll have John and Kathy on to give us the straight poop on all this. Um, But uh, that seems to be coming to some sort of a head, and we're going to hear about it. The other one is the carrot bar situation, which we talked about last week, week before last. Which one was it, Shane? Mm -hmm. Last week. It was last week. Thank you, sir. Uh, This came out of, I got to tip my hat to Gary for finding it. This is uh, from businessinformer.org. And uh, they got wind of this story and did a little research and have written an article. Now, this, what I'm going to read you is written in German and translated. So it's a little rough around the edges, all right? But I think we'll get the idea here. Shows a picture of Harold Seitz, CEO of Carrot Bars on the left, and the headline, Carrot Bars Frauded for $12 million former ICO partner Marvin Steinberg accused. (laughs) Should we be surprised? Surprised that Harold was sucked into having that guy there. (laughs) Well, now, Keith, you remember what it said. He's an ICO partner. and We'll get into it as I read the little sketchy article. It's, It's quite sketchy because of the translation, but let me read it to you. Behind the scene of Carrot Bars, there's a huge drama. The Stuttgart-based company is currently heavily attacked and speaks of a dirt campaign, which is mainly driven online. Mastermind of this hunt, Carrot Bars suspects, is said to be Marvin Steinberg. Steinberg of Steinberg Marketing GmbH. That's how they say corporations. That doesn't sound German. (laughs) No, it sure as hell doesn't. Or should we say it sounds too German? Um, There's always a dialectic, you know. The Netku editor, Netku editorial department, excuse me, Netku, that must be the original publishers of this. The NETCU editorial department has extensive documents which prove a dispute between the two former business partners. The, and this is in uh, quoting the article. 
the ICO, initial coin offering, carat bar coin, KBC, and carat coin bank coin are said to have been fraudulent. Carat bars is cheated of 12 million and the damage may even be higher. 2.8 million euro for the ICO. Marvin Steinberg and his company, My ICO Agency, Steinberg Marketing, were commissioned in December of 2017 with the creation of a coin and the implementation of an initial coin offering. Steinberg's agency created the KBC coin on Ethereum basis blockchain and according to Carabars, only Steinberg, only Steinberg had access to the 12 million, million? Billion coins generated. I think that's billion. By agreement, Steinberg had a website created and controlled the revenue by selling the coins. One paid to Marvin Steinberg over 2.8 million euros for the ICO, the websites, and the organization of listings at appropriate crypto exchanges by fee accounts provable. The ICO started and the first investors bought the coins of which numerous of us are part. According to Carrot Bars, quote, Steinberg had all the strings in his hand. Alone, he could transfer coins. Carrot Bars mentions a cash in which a buyer 15 million coins were transferred although only 1.5 million coins had been granted in another. So there was 15 million coins transferred, but only a million and a half had been uh, uh, granted or purchased. Okay, and and that classic scam crap from these same people. In another case, even without legitimacy, 180 million coins should have been sent to a wallet in South Africa. Legal steps initiated. Even then, Carrot Bar saw serious damage to its reputation. Accordingly, Steinberg was required to fulfill its obligations as a service provider, whereupon the latter decided to quit as a business partner. Yeah, what, where, where exactly the reasons are, the NetCo editors are not, do not net yet know. Both parties decided to split up amicably. Mail traffic is NetCo, whatever that means. After Steinberg was no longer accessible, according to Carrot Bars, the company initiated legal action against Marvin Steinberg only when the court date for the release of the coins was determined, the ICO entrepreneur reacted and wanted to agree out of court. According to Carrot Bars, the first handover revealed that a wallet with over 400 million coins was not handed over. 
However, since it came in principle to a transfer, the court saw no further reason to lead a procedure to the still missing coins. Only the prosecutor, Stuttgart, took the preliminary proceedings against Marvin Steinberg for fraud. Again, uh, there's some numbers there. And night four, let's just go on. As uh, spam mails from Russia. Some of you, because this guy evidently also stole the mailing list, the affiliates have been getting all these little emails. I've gotten a couple of them that said carrot bars is a scam. <laughs> and on the front, first one I ever received, I looked at it. I didn't, thank goodness I didn't play it because evidently it had viruses in it. And um, it says an MLM scam. Well, carrot bars isn't an MLM, first of all. Multi-level companies are illegal in Germany. There ain't one of them that operates over there. Okay, so uh, this last uh, spam mails from Russia. Currently, spam mails flood the network, warning against carrot bars. In addition, one-star ratings pile up on Google. Uh, they've taken a, a, a whole uh, attack on them. This is just like a traditional Jew, isn't it? They come out and attack when they know they're wrong. Here's a guy accusing them of being a fraud that stole yeah. up to maybe a billion dollars worth of coins. All right. So anyway, I wanted to read that. I'll put it on today's show description at the end of, and, the, and the how great there are. That's the two I'll put in today so far. And uh, if you want to access this, and again, I want to thank Gary for, uh, for finding it and sending it along so we could talk about it today. Um, listen, don't have any worries about carrot bars. This won't sink carrot bars. It obviously isn't a fun thing. And it's, it, it has taken, it's hurt a lot of people, including me, okay? And because they've been dumping those coins and keeping the price low and the price of that carrot bar coin with gold going up because it's effectively backed by gold should be 15 to 20 cents right now. It was 12 and a quarter cents back July the 4th instead of the two to three cent range is staying in because of this bastard Steinberg and his thieving ass Jew ways, Okay. So anyway, um, I wouldn't have any doubts about carrot bars. I'm not concerned about them. They've weathered a lot of stuff in the past. I don't know that, I've told this story maybe once on the air, but and it wasn't public at the time, okay? But back when I first got with carrot bars six years ago, in the, we, it, the, it took off, and then all of a sudden we had all kinds of trouble with uh, getting visa cards through, okay? And it wasn't just carrot bars. It was a whole uh, international crackdown on fraud by mainly Visa and the others too, MasterCard to some extent. And if you wanted to buy one of these two $3,000 packages, you, you literally would have to go to call Visa, get their security team on, and have them right in front of the screen as the transaction went through to okay it. It was a real pain in the butt. We lost a lot of people because of it who blamed carrot bars. It wasn't carrot bars' fault, all right? But when you, I don't know if you know this, when you purchase anything on a website, you immediately leave that website. You're not conscious of it, but the website switches you to a, another site called a service provider. It's seamless, the switch. 
And that's the site that has all the financial plugins that will run the financials on the purchase. And when you're finished, it switches you back to the original site. Again, somewhat seamless, all right? And those companies are called service providers. And I'm sorry for that blasted. I'll talk, I'll get the, I'll get with these guys before tomorrow and get this crap stopped for, for two hours when we're, when I'm on the air. It's not particularly intrusive on the well, phone, Well, it Roger. damn we sure is. Dis- well, it may not be, but it's distracting as hell to me, okay? It's hard, enough, it's hard enough sitting here running this thing, keeping your eye on all the things you have to do without that kind of distraction. And that's what people don't understand is when I'm on here for two hours, I'm giving you 100% total focused concentration. And any distractions take, boom, are distracting and they pull you off the train of thought. So people don't understand that. Anyway, let's go back to this story here. And this is the reason I'm going to tell you carrot bars is safe, all right? In those days, they had, before I got with the company, they had had a special offering, as they are prone to do, and people could purchase, and in fact, one of our listeners did purchase a $10,000 package where it was based on the traditional product, the little card with the gold in it. Okay? And so every time for the rest of his life and his children's lives, every time one of those is sold, he gets a small corner of the profit on that and he gets paid every month. Okay, And so, but 10,000 bucks is a pretty large uh, layout at one time, especially for mm-hmm. most of us, all right? So all of a sudden, they with all of this distraction and all the confusion with Visa and MasterCard, Harold got dissatisfied with the service provider they were using. It was something one out of Malaysia, okay? And so he made the decision to switch service providers. Well, that's not something you just go in and turn a switch and do. It's all kinds of connections and tie-ins. So the new people that he hired sent in a forensic team to go in and start the transition process. And when they got in there, they started finding all these chargebacks on that particular $10,000 package, okay? And they went back to Carrot Bars and they said, what are all these chargebacks? Didn't you see this? They said, we, we saw them, but hell, we're doing business and our focus is elsewhere and they weren't really paying attention. So they went back to the service provider, one Malaysia One, whatever it was, and they start doing more. And what they found was a bug that had been put in there by the Russian Jewish mafia, obviously, and the bug would go into the software and it'd find those $10,000 charges. And they'd go to the bank, to the carrot bars, and do a chargeback. And so the bank and carrot bars were notified, but the customer wasn't. And when they went to track the 10000 they found it going to, to something, uh, a site in Russia. Okay, and I the I know they found over 150 of them. I know they found over 150 of them, and they may have found more. Okay, but that's a company that's less than three years old that gets hit right square in the pocketbook for a million and a half bucks. And they made you know, it. Roger. They made it through it. Okay. Now the uh, yeah. Hold on, Chris. Just hold your thought. Now since then. 
carrot bars did about the time I was coming with them. They'd already completed some exhaustive test marketing uh, trials in Germany with people using carrot bars gold in transactions, and it had been fantastically successful. And six, seven years ago, that got the ear of a whole bunch of major German corporate interests, okay? So what I'm telling you is as this gets more successful, and it will, they've got the total backing of some real deep pockets people on top of owning one of the richest gold mines in the world themselves down in Guyana and a couple other ones too. Carrot bars will be all right. This in the long run is not going to hurt them. In the short run, it's, it's real disheartening and it's a hell of an inconvenience for a lot of people, but so be it, okay? But I want to tell you straight as far as I know, as much as I know about this situation. Now, Chris, between all the damn hammering, what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say two things. One... It seems to me that any time there's a, let's call it a counter interest being formulated to shake the status quo, that the infiltration at the initial uh, inner circle of that new program is where they want to penetrate most anxiously. Uh, Also, last night I was at the gas station again, surprise, surprise, and the carrot bar, the not carrot bar, but the Bitcoin was again still, I think, eleven nine twenty four point two five or somewhere thereabouts. And not a substantial change since the last time I was in there, or two weeks ago, I think I talked about on the show. Uh, very nearly the same number, and I find that to be most curious, not usual, well, and highly suspect that there's some fixing or tampering with Bitcoin price along with the uh, tampering and trying to discolor carrot bars and carrot coins, that the global central elite who operate this usury-backed debt scheme called the central banking system scheme, uh, there's only about three countries, I think, left that don't have that central banking scam operating in there of the usury debt scheme of the global bankster gangsters. And so anytime that their status quo, their self-interest is disaffected remotely or perhaps substantially, destroying it by any means or schemes, discrediting, discoloring, false labeling, false stories. Uh, I mean, this deception, by deception we shall do war, of the most sodomite, and of course their uh, wolves and sheep clothing come in with a, the big actor with all the flashy clothes and the Armani suits and no doubt diamonds and a couple of good lookers on each arm coming into a place does strike a pose of swagger and substantial value and wealth. And it makes somebody that's even sophisticated very likely to be taken advantage of as apparently Harold Sykes was. Well, uh, and, and the thing is, is this kind of you said it last week when this first came up, 
Chris, with your usual sus suspicious nature, you're questioning everything, and you said this isn't above mm. being an outside force. And now that we know a little more of the story, Mr. Steinberg and uh, a pretty tight, I guess Israel's like the tech center of the world now, and uh, it's not out of the question that this was some kind of sabotage. Okay, we'll see as we go forward. No way to know, but uh, at least not now. But um, I, I, I will tell you this, is I, it's not going to put carrot bars under. Okay, so that uh, I, I would say rest assured from that. These are real solid people. You know, I've been over there. I've met them. I know the background of the company. Most of these guys were friends for years from previous industries and stuff. Okay, and it's not a Jew company. There's not Jews in every office over there. There's a bunch of people that have known each other for a long time that all have some, I guess, probably a piece of the action and a, and a direct reward for accomplishing these goals, these lofty goals they've set. And they're a real good bunch of people, man. I mean, I, I've been around them for 10 days solid, okay? So anyway, that's, uh, we'll find out. We'll find out, hopefully, John and Kathy are going to come on, and we're going to hear about this uh, a little more detail on what's going on with uh, this KYC situation over there. But um, evidently, something's changed, um, and we've got a couple of days to do uh, and to band-aid ourselves is the way I, I take it, but we'll see. Good Lord, man, I can't stand that. Yeah, last week it was banging. This week it's drilling. But I'm going to have to go to the landlord and say, let's talk to these folks and get them to go paint or something for two hours instead of this stuff. Um, so let's see, what else is happening? Did you see over the weekend, of course, last week, one of the things that uh, captivated the news financially last week was there wasn't a lot of financial news last week. And the reason why was because they were all out debauching one of my favorite places on the face of the globe, which they do annually when they gather at Jackson Hole and uh, go out there and confab. Did you see any of that, Chris or Shane? Anything that came out of that that caught your eye? I heard about it, but I didn't catch anything. Shane? Just the name. I didn't. I did not listen to it. Well, I didn't listen to it either. I just saw some headlines. But the headline that caught my eye was Mark Carney. Do you know who he is? That uh, he's not related to Jeffrey Epstein. Okay, Mark Carney. Yeah. Do you know who he is? Yeah. Um, I heard about, I heard pretty much, I listened, or I mean, I tried to read some of the, the, he's a pretty, pretty big guy up there in the, uh, in the, uh, totem pole, so, um, yeah, so well, I, he's, he's, I ended it there. He's quite unusual, because he's Canadian, okay, and that doesn't make right. him unusual, Canadians are not all that much more unusual than anybody else, some of them are, some of them aren't, pretty much nice people, all the Canadians I've ever met. But mm -hmm. he, being a Canadian, is the first foreigner to be the governor of the Bank of England. Mm -hmm. They didn't bring an Englishman in. They brought Mark Carney in here several years ago. Okay, He came out of these Jackson Hole meetings and he floated a story and then he followed up on it that the world needs a Libra-backed coin as the world's reserve currency instead of the dollar. 
Yes. Yes. Hyperprinter to pronounce that a uh, lie bar. Uh. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not going to go anywhere. Well, well, of course it's not going to go anywhere. That's not the point. It's the point that they're even floating these ideas. Yeah, Zutenberg wrote home. So, so that was quite it's interesting. And, you know, Bitcoin, by the way, Bitcoin's around 10,002 last night and three a little bit this morning, Chris. So it's been around the $10,000 range. Now, you know, when... Now keep this in mind, there is some manipulation from a standpoint of using futures contracts in Bitcoin. And that was started just about the time that Bitcoin did that run up that day to $20,000 here. Uh, was it the year before last? It was year before last in December. So we're approaching the two year anniversary of that. And I don't know, the, probably a lot of the regular crew was around back then, but Daryl called in that day. We were on the air the, when that run went from 13,000 to 20,000 in 30 minutes. And he was sitting there just quoting the numbers to us right off the screen, okay? Yeah, and at, after, shortly, shortly after that is when they put in up at the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, what they called the Merck, they put in a futures contract with Bitcoin. And if you'll remember, Andre Antonopoulos, there's three nonpartisan people that oversee it, and Andre Antonopoulos is one of them. Some uh, futures professor there from the University of Chicago or something is another one, and there's another one. I don't remember who it was, but they oversee all that. And the thing about it is that in that market, just like with the gold market, in essence, is you don't settle the settlement with Bitcoin. You settle the settlement with cash. So even though it's a Bitcoin futures market, it's a cash payout and cash entry. Okay, But they can still somewhat uh, uh, manipulate that a bit, yes. But, you know, I remember Andre Antonopoulos being interviewed shortly after that happened about that. And he made a very valid point as one of the negatives to it back then is volatility. They still use that as a negative. You know, it's used for drug, illicit stuff. And of course, dollars aren't. Uh, it's used for all that and because of its volatility. And um, Bitcoin bad. Yeah. Just hold on, hold on a second, Shane. And what this futures market does is it does tame some of that volatility. And that makes it better and a bigger market for people that may want to get involved instead of the high swings where they won't get involved because they're scared as hell of losing their butts. So uh, I think that's a good thing, myself personally, as long as it's got some oversight from people the caliber of Mr. Antonopoulos. Um, or so Steinberg. Those, do, or, yeah, Mr. Steinberg. Mr. Steinberg is not in control of the of the Merck, at least not out front. His pals may be, uh, but uh, that's what they do in the gold market too. Except it does have an aspect with the gold market where you can settle in gold. Okay. In other words, they've got the. Uh, all of us that listen to Bill Holter and all these technical guys, they got this commitment of traders thing, and on a certain date, you can tell them whether you want to roll the contract or whether you want to settle. 
and, and you got to tell them and at the end of the settlement they can either settle they you, you probably want them to give you the gold but all, but they've got a clause in there where they can settle in cash mm-hmm. I want my gold mm-hmm. nope sorry you're getting cash but I can't find any gold to buy with the cash you give me tough nubbies Gentile goy sucker. Go stick your money in a damn ETF, you stupid fool. Didn't China buy the mercantile in 2015? China? Yeah. Not to my knowledge, but that, oh, yeah. that, that doesn't mean they didn't, but not to my knowledge. I thought it was Ger- uh, Chicago, Mark. I thought it was Germany yeah. that bought that. It might have been China. Well, hell, these bastards would yeah, sell their—they'd sell their mother if she wasn't tied, you know, tied down. You know how they are. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, well, nobody wants to join us, but you two today. I guess we haven't stimulated anything in anybody today, or else there's nobody listening and cares about listening to us anymore. What'd you think about the Friday show with Larry Pratt, guys? Oh, liked it. Chris, you called in. Uh, we you, have, did, you, you, you were yeah. uh, in the background on that show. Yeah, Larry Pratt, he's a pretty genuine article, and I really uh, respect what he's done with Gentlemen's America. Uh, I think more importantly is the infiltration uh, by placing an undercover human source in the form of Ollie North to, at the top of the NRA to basically high-grade their database and uh, all kinds of other damage and stuff uh, seems to be really casting even more influence and uh, interest in Gentlemen's of America and Larry Pratt. But this this, uh, infiltrating the most revered gun-owning association in America with many, many lifetime members who had bought in thinking they would be sacrosanct and invincible to invasion and having their information sold out to terrorists like Ali Noah, uh, who obviously is an agent of the Zio-Massad influence, uh, seems to be a real breach of contract and likely just the most, just kind of like my wife throwing me into the bus and being coerced or seduced to go to work for the FBI against me without my knowledge for a while. This is uh, the most devastating blow of the organization like Somebody stop the background noise. Hit your mute, please. Robert? Robert, I'm going to... Which one of you guys don't hit your mute, please? Thank you. Jeez, oh my, that was horrible. Chris, I couldn't even understand what you said. Robert is somewhere yeah, in transit. But we did get Sammy last joining time. us, and as soon as we can get a repeat of what you just said that we didn't hear, I want to poll Samuel. Go ahead again, Chris. Well, I was basically reciting the, the sellout and the betrayal of lifelong members of the NRA. Which is oh, yeah, yeah inestimable damage to the organization. And I think Larry Pratt has certainly gleaned some interest in his organization, but it just goes to show that we all think we may have the illusion of ultimate security forever in an organization, but it's always subject to being co-opted, sold out, uh, infiltrated, 
uh, much like the government, the Congress. So well, I think sold out, compromised. I think you pretty well guarantee that GOA won't do that, and 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 Larry's no longer at the helm. His son Eric is, who's right. just as good a man mm-hmm. as he is. And I sent I sent Larry the book, my video, the certificate of non citizen nationality with that sentence pulled out. I followed up with an email on how appreciative I was of him being with us, and hopefully he got exposed to this. And then this morning I sent him that 1835 case with the secretary state and the declaration being the final uh, say-so. And uh, so I'm going to, you know, try and work on him. If we could get that across to him and he could spread it through and expose the GOA members to it, there couldn't be a better group in the country that would latch on to this. And if those people have got the balls that I think most of them have, they file paperwork and now they're relieved of all BATF regulations. Now, how how big a coup could that be? So I hate to get my hopes up, but I do have my fingers crossed, and I'll continue to work on Larry subtly, and I'm sure others will too. He's a smart guy. He's he's one he's a he's God's one of God's men, and I think that it resonated with him because what you guys couldn't see in the background was Larry had his video on. You know, we just do audio here, so we don't ever do that sort of stuff, but he didn't know that, and he had his video on so we could see him the whole time, those of us who who were on Skype live with him, and in the second half of the show, he got up from the room he was in, and when we got into this stuff, he was sitting in the living room on a couch, and I could see that he was very, he was listening very, very carefully to what was said, so uh, I'm optimistic. Hey, Samuel, how you doing, brother? Happy Monday to you. So, same to you. Uh, I was having a hard time uh, hearing Chris. He was pretty garbled on my side. Well, there was Robert called in, and he had a whole bunch of interference, and he didn't hit his mute. So he was totally drowned out. So that's what that was. And he got so embarrassed, he left. No, even after that, Roger, um, he was still garbled. Okay, well. Uh, Chris, I've been, anyway, you know, that's what I've been, I listen, Samuel, I've been trying to tell him that for about two years now, so it's good to hear somebody else tell him. Because I'd like to hear I'm on my headset, that's the best I can do right no, now. No, 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 it's not the best you can do, you can load Skype on your cell phone and connect digitally, and it'll be perfect. Yeah, you claim I can, but you got to have the knowledge to do that, and I'm lacking. It, uh, Chris... All right, I'm just going to let the comment pass. Um, Hey, John tells me he's going to be with us. He's in the background there, so I guess he'll pop in when he's ready. Samuel, what were you going to say? I wanted to comment on Mr. Pratt. Um, Please do. My impression of him, my impression was that uh, he didn't want to touch it. Um, And, I mean, he's an intelligent guy, there's no doubt. I listened to his program. RBN when he was on, but he was the most boring guy I think RBN has ever had on. I mean, he was really that bad. I, I just couldn't listen anymore. Well, that's, um, uh, you know, and that's somebody's personality and coming across on the air and not having radio training and background and all that stuff. And he, uh, I think he's probably more, and I remember him when he was 30 years ago when he was much younger, uh, in, in front of a crowd, he's quite dynamic. Um, and so sometimes that doesn't come across as it does in person because you're stimulated emotionally. 
But regardless, we'll see. Hey, hey, listen, Samuel, I've put this in front of so many people that I, I, I thought it would sprout with that it didn't, that I don't have expectations anymore. And if it does, great. And if it doesn't, that's okay too, you know, because it's happened so many times before. And it just tells me again and reinforces that we're just a small select group of people that resonate. Okay. We're, I, I wish somebody would have put it to them like, uh, for instance, uh, something sort of like, uh, well, Mr. Pratt, if, if you looked into this and you saw that it could free all your people, all your members, get them back to their constitution instead of being citizens and actually have that second right and all the rest. Yeah. You know, and yeah. see what he would say. Well, I wanted to ask him something like that, and then when they turned it over to me, because I didn't want that the program to focus on that, but I wanted us to to kind of take him down the path to where we could expose it to him. And and I, I did have something like that in my mind, but when I started running my mouth, it didn't come out in the limited amount of time I had. And then, But the best thing that could have happened was Harvey Wysong calling in because I know he and Harvey have a, a long relationship and a great mutual respect for each other. And when Harvey came on, that's why I cut Doug off uh, and wanted Harvey to, to speak because I knew that relationship exists. And I'm sure sorry for all this ambient noise. I could just, this little guy doesn't know, and the little Ecuadorian guy upstairs doesn't know any different. But good Lord, it's irritating as hell. Um, Brett, Brett, Brett made it a very entertaining show and brought out a very nice side of Larry that I never saw before, but he also kept it very polite. <laughs> yeah, he did. Well, you know, don't forget, Samuel, you, you were absent for about seven years. You don't know how many years we had to work on Brent. Okay. <laughs> I mean, well, we'd I get Brent on. We'd get Brent on a show on Friday, and we'd start covering it and 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 get it right down to the nitty gritty. And Daryl would call in, and Bob would call in, and a couple of these other people would call in to reinforce it. And and we'd talk afterwards. And go, man, Brent just doesn't get it, you know. And boy, it took us years to get him to this position, and he's the one that initiated this with Larry. So, uh, you know, hey, Roger, Roger. Roger, uh, Brent may have been lawyering too long. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, he hadn't been. But now Brent's got the situation, and I've run into it with other people too. He's not the only one. Uh, over the years ago, well, no, they can't tell me this, that, and the other. Okay? I was born God's rights and this, that, and the other, and that's true. The sad part about it is it's true. But yet those have been preempted with this fraud that shifted the presumption of law. And until you shift it back, their system dictates that it is reality. So yes, that position's absolutely 100% true. If that's right, then why don't you just tell them? Just tell them all you got to do is tell them in a sheet of paper and send it to this one guy and everything you're saying is now absolutely correct, not only, but now you can back it up. You can't back it up the other way. We've been trying to challenge jurisdiction in this community for the entire time I've been in it from the bottom up. Chris, how many people in all your experience have you ever seen run a, seen win a jurisdictional uh, argument from the bottom up? How many? 
what, zero? Or about zero? Of, uh, 10, kind of about <laughs> zero? So, obviously, that ain't the way to approach it. I feel like Dustin Roger, Hoffman. Got- Is it safe? Is it safe? Yeah, go ahead, Samuel. I got my signature card back from uh, Buggy Bottom. Good. Nice. And it, isn't it is stamped. That's okay. Good. Okay. I, it just says uh, something like um, entered into whatever administration. I don't know. Well, you know, I, with IRS, IRS has this little policy. If you've ever dealt with those wonderful people. They have this little policy that if you're one of these people that's moved and they don't have an address for you, all they have to do is send notice to the last known address and that supposedly gets it to you. Well, that works both that works both ways, folks. And now not only was it put, here's the evidence of it, but here's the return receipt requested. I don't give a damn if it was signed or not. It's some clerk in the mailroom. Bam, bam, bam. That's what he's supposed to do. Okay, well, let's right, see. Gotcha. Uh, John, okay, I'll bring John in. Let's see. Add people. Uh, that, that, that. I'm going to look for John, see if it'll click him. Did it click him? No. It never works on the first time. This wonderful Microsoft. Hi, John. Um, add John, and then, well, no, he's called. All right. He's trying to call in, and I'm trying to call him. Let's see which one. John, is there you are? Good morning. Hey, Good morning. Hey, buddy. Good morning, John. Uh, sorry. Hi. Sorry for the uh, construction zone here this morning. Uh, I'm not sure what that means, but uh, it sounds like I missed some interesting conversation. That's well, for you, sure. Did you, I miss a show or something with Larry Pratt? Yeah, we did a whole show with Larry Pratt on Friday. Oh, great. Okay. It was pretty good, I think. Brent is even even at Brent's instigation. He initiated it. So, oh, okay, great. Because they're old friends, and that uh, was real good. It's You know, we don't usually have guests. We've usually got participants and not formal guests here. And so that was unusual in itself. A man of Larry's uh, reputation, accomplishment, and stature, another something else. And it was a good show. I imagine uh, the complaint I've always had with all of these gun rights organizations is is that they never go for the jugular. They never actually get down to the nitty-gritty of changing their status. Um, well, I don't think these guys are as ignorant as they pretend to be, but well, it could yeah, be. You know, he didn't know about it, all right? And that's part of the reason Brent, under the auspices of the Heller and the McDonald decision, because they revolve around the 14th Amendment. And that was what we brought Larry on for, and we talked about uh-huh. it for the first hour or more, and then we started getting some callers, and then they kind of turned it over to me, and uh, and then Harvey, uh, I, I alerted Harvey, and Harvey called in there the last segment, and he'd just finished reading my book. I've been trying to get him to read it for eight years, and uh, so he just finished reading it, and he was all high on it and stuff, and so the seed's been planted, and we'll see, and that's my hope, if we can get Larry to see it, and un, un uh, uh, as opposed to Samuel, I kind of think he did see it, and I think he's going to see it. And if you could get that transferred through GOA, who his son Eric now runs, uh, and mm-hmm. get some of these people filing affidavits and shedding themselves of ATF regulations, I think that'd be a hell of an incentive for them. Well, I also think this. You know, another guy we need to get after is uh, Piazza up there at Front Sight Training. 
um, he's got the money and uh, the will to do a lot of this stuff. Hmm. He's well, bucking these people all the time. Somebody and, put us uh, in you know, contact. A lot of us can take. A lot of us can take advantage. Well, I just joined Frontsite. Okay. Uh, you can get the uh, commander level uh, membership now uh, through uh, special people that are associated with them for about five hundred bucks. Oh, and I also That's a twenty-five thousand dollar membership. I wanted to also thank publicly Terrence. Terrence sent me an email last night, and he uh, got some influential guy that has a big talk show and a following up in the Northeast, and got him to review my book on the air. Uh, got him to read it and review it. I haven't listened to the review, but I sure do thank Terrence for uh, taking the extra effort and doing that. That's that's how I we're going to spread this. I can tell you that this, this message in the Patriot, so-called Patriot community that we talk about sometimes, is out there. I mean, there are there are numbers of and numbers of people that are already involved. Especially John J. Singleton is another guy that's been very active. That's the Ace of Coins uh, website that you should everybody should know about. Um, he not only is very much involved in helping people do that and telling them to do it, um, you know, you can reach him on Skype. He's got his own Skype group that uh, anybody can join and, and talk about this stuff. He's been helping people in the system as well as out of the system deal with uh, uh, intervention with taxes and protecting their property rights for over 25 years. There's a lot of people out there that are doing a lot of this work. It's just they never really had a large voice. It's all been word of mouth. And, and it's that not- word of mouth is... And it's not coordinated, and that is, that's good and bad. You know, life's yin and yang, right? And well, the good part about it is this. It is uncontrollable. Yes. There's no place that people can go to shut it off. Correct. Uh, the information is coming out strongly. Uh, property rights are beginning to come to the fore strongly. And, um, you know, I'm going to start getting involved with uh, the gun side as well pretty pretty soon here and getting involved in some organizations and um, – I'll be spreading the word through all these people. I, I don't shut up. You know, people get pissed off at me, and I just keep shoving it at them. So every time they complain about taxes or they're complaining about property or they're complaining about this or that, I just say, why don't you follow your affidavit and get rid of it? I mean, that's what <laughs> I tell people, too. And it's so, you know, it's, it's, it gets frustrating because it's such an easy thing to do, to put your money where your mouth is on your feelings and your emotions, and it doesn't cost anything but a stamp and if you got to pay for a notary, all right? And uh, yeah. uh, it's such a statement that they can't argue with. They can't confront it. They can't rebut it. They can't do anything but sit there and stand mum, or else they're totally exposed to the biggest fraud in the history of the planet. No, I'd say it's pretty big. Well, name me a bigger anyway, one. Name me a bigger I, one. There's never been one like this that they've ever pulled off a whole wool on a whole planet's eyes to this degree. Well, I would say it's the total spread of, uh, as the Blessed Virgin Mary Fatima said, uh, Russia's errors, the communist uh, philosophy. Uh, that whole thing is what causes all this stuff. Well, the, uh, Zionism and communism are linked at the hip. There's no, no exactly, they that. are. Right. So it's going to be a real interesting times coming forward. Well, there are uh, here in makes some respects. Yeah, it's an exciting time. They sure are. And you know the mm-hmm. old Chinese curse. I don't. May you live in interesting times. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know that was Chinese. Supposedly. Well, so, anyway. Well, John, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on at Bit Club Network, and I'm glad you came on. I'm assuming that Kathy's snowed under. We're not going to see her today. Um, but why don't you follow us? Yes. 
Samuel, is that you? I, I wanted to pass. I wanted. I wanted to pass something on to John. Okay. Hello. Yep. Uh, John, I heard you on uh, Jim Ram's show, and you were concerned about all the radiation that you're around because of all your electronics equipment. Correct. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, there's a product called uh, Protect Pro. You should look on that website and check out the products. And if you really want to see the efficacy of them, of course, you can watch some of the videos, but you can try it out yourself. If you put a Protect Pro, just get one unit, put it on a cell phone, and know somebody who does kinesiology, they should be able to muscle test you and see if it's working. Let me. Uh... Because with a regular cell phone, you're going to be weak, and with his Protect Pro, you'll be strong accordingly. Um, Samuel, if we're plugging products, let me plug one that's been around for 27 years that I'm personally familiar with, a company called Q-Link. Rents uh, has promoted them for a long time. Are you familiar with them? No, I'm not. Okay, well, you guys should look in. Now, don't, if you go search Q-Link, there's a phone, some phone out that's Q-Link, but don't get, that's not what we're talking about. This is a, and the way I found it, uh, remember, John, back in the, before I met you, the first uh, years ago, I was working with Lynn Horowitz a lot, the guy that wrote mm -hmm. all that mm -hmm. AIDS books and all that. Pretty a good guy, good Jew right there. And uh, I'd work in when he'd have a, a some sort of a convention to do in the Atlanta area. He'd always ask me to come work at, with his with him at his booth, and we were working at a alternative health convention in downtown Atlanta one year for three days. And the table next to us was this Q-Link table. And so I saw their demonstration, like Samuel's talking about with kinesiology. I saw this every day. It never failed all day long. And I ended up buying one of those. I've lost it since in Argentina, but I'd love to get another one because there's several varieties of ways you can wear it. But that thing, they would take your hand and put it in a, one, a, one of these dark glove things with a camera. And, and you could see your aura, okay, and, and, mm -hmm. and, and our lack of it. And then you put the Q-Link on, and the aura, you could see the aura change totally, dramatically. And uh, they did a lot of the kinesiology stuff, too. It's electronic, and it's called Q-Link. I think it's, I think the, how you have to access it is shopqlink.com or shop.qlink.com. A uh, very reputable company, and they've got it not only for individual but for whole house. You can buy one of those things and protect there, your whole house with it. Is there hmm. is there a name associated with it that you know of? Q Link. A, no, I mean a person. Just no, I don't. I don't. Website, I don't. Like, I, I I don't know it, who's. I don't remember who's behind it. That was 25 years ago. But it's an established product <laughs> that's been around for a long time and works. And I can I can testify that it works. So, I'm not uh, Chris, for, for Protect Pro, it would be uh, Norbert Hauser. Okay, he's the German engineer. Okay, yeah, I'm sure Norbert there's several Hauser. several things out there that work along these lines. Uh, and I'm pretty uh, sure that Giannis and Goa, they, yes, they either ran a replay or it was on live yesterday on Giannis and Goa's show. She had Norbert on there. Uh, two different times, so I kind of think it was a replay, but he was going over his uh, quantum neutralization of electronic EMF and 
RF field. And basically, his device supposedly brings them to where the, he says that fields are either uh, good or bad, uh, negative or positive, and his device supposedly harmonizes the field to where they are neutralized and good for you rather than bad for you. Well, there you go. There's going to be more technology developing in this because the problem's getting so serious, and we haven't even seen but the start of 5G yet. Yeah, there's also some uh, neat little things that you can plug into your uh, walls to, uh, you know, you get rid of your dirty electricity that's causing a lot yeah, of problems that's, as well. Yeah, that's what this Q-Link stuff does part of that, too, and that, that like I said, right. it's been around mm -hmm. for years. Who was trying to ask John? Was that you again, Samuel? That was me, Shane. Shane. Okay, Shane. Uh, John, I have a question. This is in regards to the uh, QFS. Are you familiar with the QFS? Is that the John? quick SS? I mean, I don't know. No, I have no idea. Quantum financial service system. No, Quantum I, don't, I don't know the name. System. All right. Okay, well, then forget. I will no longer proceed. Thank you. You're welcome. See, just ask me. I got answers. <laughs> ask. That's what we call the second half of the show is Ask John <laughs> Monday. <laughs> Oh, listen, I just put that guy's name in there, Steve Pashenik. Pashenik. I've heard him on Alex Jones a number of times. He's supposedly a, 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 a good guy, deep state guy. He is? That's, I don't think so. Well, I just said, I said supposedly. Hell, he's on Alex okay. Jones. What do you expect? He is? He has been in the I, past. I have no, I have no idea. I, I just well, know you too. Listen, I haven't listened to Alex Jones since Old Blue was a pup. But regardless, I have heard of this guy, and I'm sure others in the audience have also. What's your point about Mr. Pachinik? Point is, he does some very quick, short uh, videos uh, talking about what's going on. He does have some kind of connections to what he's doing. He also is uh, what he considers. He says he's a good Jew, and these other people are corrupt Jews. And uh, he is very tough on these people. I've uh, I've come to really enjoy his commentary. Uh, he doesn't run his own computer. He sits there and somebody comes and uh, turns the thing on for him, and then it comes and turns it off for him. He does his quick comments, but uh, he's fascinating. If you want to find him really quick and fast and easy on YouTube, just do a search on Opus O P U S and put a number in there. Like uh, one as I'm looking at is Opus one seven zero, and uh, his name comes up. But he's uh, pretty good. Yeah, no, he's articulate. He has a deep state background, and uh, he I always got the impression he was a good guy. But, he, you know, the problem I've got measuring anybody is I measure them against what we know, and nobody knows what we know. I, I'm, I don't know about the deep state background. He's some kind of doctor. I don't. Uh, well, it may not be the same not, guy. I, this this guy had some sort of a, a government background, if I remember right. I just don't remember all that. You know, you can only hold so no. many so many details in the old noggin, you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't see that he was connected to anything like that. It doesn't sound like that to me. It just sounds like he's a very astute observer, and he also knows what's going on. So, um, the thing that I like about it, uh, I like to meet a lot of these Jews that come forth and start explaining the way the Jews are and what what they're dealing with. And uh, he's not shy about calling them corrupt and explaining who's corrupt, why they're corrupt. Um, I just thought it would be very informative for people. They're quick, punchy uh, interviews. 
Okay. Anyway, that's all I'm bringing up. Nothing else. Well. Well, anything going on in your your life? You got. I got a lot of construction going on upstairs. Do you? Yeah. You can't hear it. Hell, that's what I've been trying to avoid. Oh, just barely. Yeah. Well, I I think you can hear a lot better than we can. Yes, I'm pretty sure that I can. I'm going to look up Mr. Pachinik here on Duck Duck (laughs) Go and see what it says about him. Uh, and we can okay. find out. That's it cool. Says, uh, uh, Steven, Steve R. Pachinik? Steve Pachinik? I don't know about the R, but uh, the spelling is very unusual, so I don't think there's many of them. Well, there's a, uh, okay, let's see here. Here's a Wikipedia page on him. Uh, really? Pachinik wow. was born in Cuba of Jewish parents from Russia and Poland and was raised in France. His father, a doctor from Dombovich, who studied and worked Toulouse, France, fled Poland before World War II. Uh, I was trying to see. Harvard, a university-trained psychiatrist, and has a doctorate in international relations from MIT. After being drafted, Pachinik was the Navy assigned him to St. Elizabeth's Hospital. Isn't that interesting? Where... Uh, mm-hmm. Where uh, where uh, our Ezra Pound was interned, uh, who oversaw several wards of criminally insane patients, he ordered lobotomy, which ended up killing a man who was also born in the asylum. Da da da. Booker T. Washington. No, I guess he didn't have anything. But for some reason, I remember he was on Alex Jones occasionally. Um, so Opus, just put in Opus. I'm sure a bunch of stuff will pop up on YouTube search engine. Um, well, Opus, you put a number in it because there's the. If, if you don't, there's a whole lot of Opuses out there, but they're not related to him. It's got to be his his name, uh, Opus. Opus 170 will bring it up. All right. He's talking about Epstein's paradoxical death. Paradoxical for sure. Well, yeah. listen. He, he he starts off. He says, "Hello." They think we're so stupid. <laughs> In reality, this is an epic fail of justice and the intelligence system. Yet somehow, it all plays out. Well, it just goes more and more to them. The snake eating its tail. Something like forty-eight percent of the people don't think it was a suicide. I saw that statistic on some video I saw over the weekend. I don't uh, see how anybody can think it's a suicide. <laughs> Well, there's just no way to well, do it. Well, it's just more and more of them exposing their power, and the more they do it, the more it's detrimental to it because more people wake up um, and start sure. looking for answers. Um, speaking of answers, what is going on with BitClub Network, uh, John? If you Nothing. Don't... Same old, same old. What are you referring to specifically? Well, uh, this KYC thing. The KYC, as we discussed before when it came out, came about because of the many people that were able to steal money out of BitClub. The KYC issue came about because there are a lot of people in the planet that want to participate in the mining operation, uh, but they don't have computers. And so what they would do is they would go hire people to do that for them. And those people, after a while, decided that, you know what, we're creating their accounts, they don't have computers, uh, we have full access to all of their uh, funds. So what they did was they created dummy accounts, but not in their name. And they began transferring funds within BitClub because we used to be able to transfer from position to position without having to go through any uh, 
any you know documentation of what we're doing. We were just able to use the well, funds no, and move we, them from we, one you, account you to had, another. You had to get an email confirmation on the transfer. Yeah, but see, these people control all that. I understand that. Yeah. So, so the thing is, is that they transferred twenty million dollars out. Russ ended up paying that out of his pocket, and before they caught it. And this this started a whole you know real excitement thing going on there with Bit Club, and they tried different ways to try to solve that problem because having the ability to transfer your funds between accounts easily was was really very 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 good and very very convenient, and helped you really do whatever you wanted to do easily. So uh, they finally had to lock it down and said, look, you know, we just absolutely have to have full documentation of where this money is going. When you're taking money out of here, we've got to notice it. We've got to have that documentation in hand so we know it's going to the right person. Okay, so is everybody in the world going to have to uh, uh, submit KYC docs? Or are you, yes. they ask that, you that's every time that you want to make a withdrawal, you've got to resubmit? What, what are some of the parameters that are going on here? I'm not running Big Club Network. I don't know. All I know is is that you've got to file the KYC. That's what started it. Second, also is is that because of the changing way the world is running and the way the they're trying to lock this whole thing down, everybody in the is trying to interface with fiat has got to have in their files KYC information. Now this stuff goes to BitClub, it doesn't go anywhere else. Just like when you send it to Chase Bank, it goes to Chase Bank, it doesn't go anywhere else. Purpose is is that if the feds or whoever comes and says you're transferring funds to a prohibited country or a prohibited person, um, this is what makes it very complex. And Andreas talks about this quite a bit. That matters last couple, one of his last videos recently about the free transfer of funds uh, was hitting at this subject. Uh, you've got to be able to protect yourself by showing that you did. You have KYC information, and these people are not on the prohibited list. The interesting thing about that prohibited list that we've heard about for some time is is you don't even know if you're on it. Um, it's just like um, you, you're going to get an airplane ticket, and you can't get one for it's some like, reason. It's you know? like Chris and the terrorist list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what I'm, well, that's a prohibited person. That's what we're talking about. Chris, you're prohibited. <laughs> and you know what that that's analogous to exactly what the chinese are doing with their social score which they're going to be starting to run out all over the planet so it's uh bas- basically that's what's going on secondarily is is that um the guy that's been putting out these notices and getting all excited here i think he's getting uh too cushy with that lawyer in utah he's working with all the time and it's um, forcing him to push this issue pretty hard i don't have any inside information on this i do know that the information that's come out was um written poorly um it is written by a programmer who does not have any understanding of that his words create (laughs) He doesn't get it. Uh, I mean, he may be writing his own insecurity or his, or his own thoughts or what he wants, but he writes it in such a way that he doesn't consider the effect that's going to have on a person's mind, the questions that I might set off or other things. Well, I don't, I don't know so, what you're referring to. Is it something in the back office that they published? The notes that they publish in the back office. Just just go read them. They, they, make, they make people scared and alarmed when there's no need to be. Because of the way, he, the way he wrote it. Sensationalist. 
you read it and you determine what you want to call it. All I know is I read this stuff and I, what the hell is that all about? What are they doing that for? What's going on here? Um, and we had a conversation about that a little bit before, um, like the first note that came out about mining and stuff like that. He wrote it as if they're, you know, well, I'd have to go back and read it again, well, the impression that it left me. Well, let me ask you a question. There's some differentiation here with the KYC stuff in the way that it's submitted in people that are outside the country versus people that are inside the country. No, there's no difference. Well, you do have a problem. This see, Here's the thing. They didn't think because they got Western mindset where they live. Everybody has a bill. Everybody has their name on it. Stuff like that. They're asking for KYC information on 109 different countries with all these different languages, over 50 different languages. And even though Big Club says that they only uh, have three languages they deal in, um, they're still getting all of these tech support emails and not understanding. The links aren't working properly. You, you can't file your KYC information because you, you can't get in your account or the link doesn't work uh, for various reasons. They didn't think. They announced this whole thing to the entire planet at one time which is creating a huge backlog in tech support problems. These people, you need multiple, multiple emails. Just like the thing that we just requested from everybody is a list of all of the account names. My God, they're trying to write books. An account name is an account name. You don't need to write a book about one single account name. I don't need to know who sponsored people. I don't need to know who owns this or that. I just need an account name. Um, and I don't know. I don't know why people invent all these th different things. But anyway, it, that's well, all that's people, going on here. People always reach when they don't know. Okay. Well, let when me put it this way. For when I say give me and the a list of your account names, that's all I need. The account name, period. I didn't ask for anything else. I didn't ask for a history. I didn't ask for an etiology or, or, or any of that stuff. I said, I need a list of the account names. Just send them in. So I can give them up to uh, to Andy. This is Andy's requesting them. So it's real simple. What's your account name? You got one that's named Joe, one that's named Barb, one that's named Purple. One is you know all the crazy account names that these people come up with. Um, it's all you need. Just a list of the account names. <laughs> it's pretty simple. Anyway, we're trying to do what we knew we would have to do. I've always said. They don't do business in the United States, bottom line. That has never changed. That came about because of Coinbase and the IRS attack and all that kind of crap in the U.S. And they don't want to get involved in fighting with 50 different security uh, operations, 50 attorney generals, plus the feds, plus all the so-called commissions and little three-letter agencies that are out there. So they don't do that. So what they're doing now is showing their administrative record. They have canceled accounts when they found somebody was admitted from the u.s they closed the account so if they get challenged by any of the so-called agencies out there that we do business in the united states they said no we don't and when we found that they were in the united states we canceled them here's the information here's the docket so we always knew and i've talked about this before at some point in the future depending upon the way things go with regulations or who's doing what we would have to go offshore i have talked about this routinely 
and that's there's nothing wrong with that. You you can set up a trust. You can transfer your assets anywhere you want on the planet into any organization or artificial person you want. Nothing new. Okay. So the the, the new part here is is the speed with which the so-called person whoever is sending this stuff out is trying to get this done. And um, if he had just thought about what he was doing for a few minutes or counseled with somebody, nobody approved anything. He wasn't in any discussion with anybody else in the club. He just wrote the damn thing and sent it out. So I, I don't know. I don't know what you're referring to on this wrote something and sent it out thing. Because you don't read your news notes in no, your back I don't. office. I don't. I, I don't dwell on all that oh, stuff. Oh, that's how they communicate. Well, and what, we, what about the person that just wants to buy a mining position and put it on on turnkey? They're not going to go back and start checking every every day or every week or even every month in the back office for all this stuff. Well, they need to. They just bought an asset, and they're not going to just let it sit there and, and do something. They got to pay attention. Okay. There, any investment you have, any any time you buy anything financial, you got to pay attention to it. It's not hard when you log in. It tells you there's a new note in your back office. Okay, so what did the people note, just don't read it? What did the note say? In essence, go read them. Uh, they're too long. Go read them. Go read the last three notes. They're all in line. They're all dated. They all come from the beginning. You don't have to read the whole thing. Just start reading them. Okay, so is there a deadline on this KYC submission? Yes, there is. They've changed the deadline. Originally, we had till the end of the year. Now that they've said is, is that we've got to have everything done by the first. If we don't have it in by the first, then the account is going to be locked down, um, and you won't be receiving any commissions. Um, and you have to the end of the year to get your KYC in. And if you do that, you can put it back. <clears throat> We don't want to do that, so we're we're doing whatever. Andy and, and Michael have been working on solutions to this problem since it came out. And so the request that we got from Andy was he needed a list of all our account names. We're just complying with what we're being asked to do. That's all. all. Right. Okay. Now, what about the accessing the website? Because there's been some people that have had problems because of this buildup, and they didn't know, and they've tried to access their website and got their accounts cut off or suspended or or, or on hold or something. Can you give us a little right. insight into that, please? Well, sure. We sent out an email as soon as it happened to us. When you first were able to log in, we had to use a VPN logged into a foreign jurisdiction, any other country, because you can't sign up from the United States. So we signed everybody up with a VPN and told them that they should use a VPN through these other locations to access their accounts. The techs even told us from now on in the in the world, based upon their opinion, we should be using a VPN every time we get online. Um, and they recommended a, a particular one, private internet access, saying that they yep, thought that yep. was the best. And so what happened is, is that once you had an account, you could log in directly through the U.S. because you had a username and an account name. Well, now they're, and they've sent out warnings that they were going to do something. I thought they would give us a little bit of advance warning, but they didn't. And so we logged in with, without using our VPN from a, a different location outside the U.S., and they closed the account. They locked it down. Now, for the people that have gotten themselves unknowingly into that situation, is there any remedy for them? 
yeah, let's get this KYC process done and offshore, and then we can get the account opened up again. Okay, so that opens up the account submitting the KYCs, and like other companies that have to do that, they're kept strictly internally. It's not just submitting the KYC. It is submitting the KYC from a foreign jurisdiction. In other words, we have to have, for example, uh, some people have family in Costa Rica. And they're using their Costa Rica people to submit their KYCs. So they um, work with them. Uh, they pay them a fee. Um, you know, it's an administrative process. So they, they then log in and submit the KYC uh, from Costa Rica. And now that person, if they submitted it from Costa Rica, will always need to use a VPN from Costa Rica to log into their account. What are they using as, uh, what are they using as a, a KYC doc? Uh, typically, they want. But there's a whole list of them right there. If you go onto the site, uh, you can get that list. It's nothing complicated. It's usually some kind of a government-issued ID and a utility bill of some sort. This is posing a problem for them because there's lots of places where that's not available. Well, I can speak from my personal experience down here. You're not gonna. I'm not gonna have a utility bill. I I, I know that is one of the problems. So we have to find out other alternatives that they can submit to do that. Okay. Or you Photoshop one. Send them one in. John? Yeah? I have a question. What part of the octopus are we dealing with? I don't know how to answer that. I don't know the, what the question what, means. We're dealing with the head of the octopus at BitClub Network. All right. Uh, and no, having, no, what we're dealing with is the banking system is what it is. Yeah. Uh, These guys have a real problem. Andreas has spoken very plainly, and, and in fact, he's gotten very strong in, in some of his recent uh, uh, discussions that he's had within the last month or two. He, and he said right up front, I remember before I even got involved in Bitcoin, listening to Andreas talk about how they are going to do everything in the book calling us financial terrorists, they're going to pass rules, they're going to pass this, they're going to do that, they're going to create, make you a criminal, yada, 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 on and on and on and on. And um, he said uh, they won't win. They can't. They can't stop Bitcoin. Yeah, I have a question. Did anybody see some kind of a video or audio of supposedly Satoshi coming forward? Yeah, I saw a headline about it. I might have been from you guys. I haven't seen anything since. I read his... Uh, his explanation, um, I, I, I really think it's true. I think that what the guy wrote and his explanations and his I think he really is Satoshi. I need to go. I want to come back and get on this. So, are people in the U.S. that have got to sub get a VPN to submit their KYCs and go through in hopes they've got somebody in a foreign country? That can no, they need to follow my instructions and do what I ask them to do and quit inventing everything. Give me a list of your usernames, and that's the next step. End of story. I will tell you what to do as we do it. We're making it up. We're putting it together. That's all you got to do. You, you always need to be outside the U.S. We don't do business in the United States. 
That's been very clear from the very beginning. Yes, this it has never been. It's no big okay. secret. Well, all I'm saying is, is now that they're enforcing that rule. So we have to set it up so that they're going to have a foreign jurisdiction to log in from their account. Otherwise, they can just let the account mine as long as it can mine, and they'll get what they paid for, and they won't be part of the ongoing process. They have choices they can do here. I, we got in for the long haul. We're not going to go that route. We want to get ourselves set up so that we can mine for the rest of our life. Eventually, the rules will change around here. We've always told people to use a VPN. Always. But we got lazy, too, and we just stopped using it to log into our accounts, and one day we were in a hurry to do something. We just logged in, and boom, we've got our, our accounts locked down. And so we sent out an emergency email to everybody on our list. We sent it through fax. We sent it through WhatsApp. We sent it through Skype. And we talk about it on our, on our Thursday calls, which are Q&A and designed to answer questions. You know how many people? We have a huge, huge team. You know how many people show up for those meetings? About 10. And that's been consistent. And then they call up all excited and wondering, what, what the hell is going on? I, I can't tell them anything. I can't say, hey, listen, dumbass, you never show up for anything. You never come to get a get an update. You just party on uh, doing something else. You don't pay attention to what's going on. We provided the information. We're here constantly, 16 hours a day, trying to help people answer questions and manage their accounts and do all this stuff. And and all of a sudden, they don't even read the notes in the back. We've this is, We brought this up before. Telling people to pay attention, check in, get to your account, double check, see what's going on. So all of a sudden, they start doing things, and we've told people before, they always wondered about, you know, how do you, how are we going to deal with this? You're going to file your affidavits, you're going to set up your accounts offshore. It's not a big problem, use a VPN. I, a lot of people are acting like this is all new information, and it's not. And and I'm not going to sit here and, and take all the bullshit when we busted our ass to get people to pay attention. And if they just follow our instructions, submit the usernames, one okay. step at a time. Okay, so anybody all gotta do. that has recruited people underneath you mm-hmm. uh, that are in the United States proper... You need to submit their names, go over to your office, back office, and go to your enrollment tree, and it'll have a complete list of all the activity in that account, and you can pull them right off of there. It's relatively simple, and you need to send them to John and Kathy before they need to be, well, what, what do you need them? You need them at tomorrow night? We sent out, went out, sent the information out and said we needed them by the 27th. And that's tomorrow, at the close of business tomorrow? Yeah. They imposed a new a new thing here on just a week or so ago. We, normally, we were going to be able to get this stuff done by the end of the year. And now, all of a sudden, we got to have it done by September 1st. Well, okay. So, there's a sense of urgency. And, and uh, uh, I, I sat down and spent several hours on it last night trying to go through. I had, I've got a few of those spots I've never even changed the password on when we had to do that a year or a year and a half ago. So I had to go in and go through all of that and and uh, uh, try and get all that straight. 
And so now I've got to, because I'm outside the country, I'll submit my KYC docs from here in Ecuador. Right. But I don't have a utility bill. Then you need to write them and say, what do we use? They don't give it to utility bills. Oh, see, there's a legitimate reason for it is because so many land, uh, landlords have gotten stuck with utility bills from renters. So they don't let renters have utility bills anymore. There's got to be some bill that you get. Um, auto insurance. Um, I don't have an automobile. Medical insurance. I don't have medical insurance. Thank God they went bankrupt on me when I had the damn stuff. Bank statement. I don't have a bank account. I got it in the U.S. Then you need to write a ticket and say, I'm complying. What do I use instead of this? This is the, what I'm telling you. This is what they didn't think about. They ran this whole thing out to the whole entire world, and the whole entire world doesn't function like we do in Western Civ. They don't have the things that they want. And so they can't really... On top of that, they got to come up with. They don't deliver bills in the mail down here. There's all, uh, they've done it, started doing it all electronically. It was a law passed in the country a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. One or two old bills that have been there for 20 years maybe still get delivered, but that's all. Mm-hmm. Well, then you need to ask them what they want. What do we submit besides the, whatever uh, well probably a cell phone bill jack that's what i had to do in a situation a year ago with carrot bars and i might have to go through jump through all those stupid hoops again yeah that's been very typical the they I, i've heard of some organizations accepting uh cell phone bills but as long as they had their name and address on it well hopefully i didn't delete the one i got a year ago but then it's got a well, never mind. It's just a problem, and I wanted to, it needed Actually, to be brought out here today so that everybody that's involved that necessarily you can't get a hold of for whatever reason at least hears about this, and we can cover it today because it's important, evidently. Well, most of the people in the club don't listen to your show, so there's a few people here well, that I'm will hear about it. I'm not talking about but... the club. I'm talking about the people in it that, w- that we got involved. Those are the people I care about. Yeah, okay. Right. Well, probably a lot of those don't look at their stuff either. (laughs) Well, you know, it hadn't been real exciting for the last couple of years around the old Bitcoin camp. You can't ignore the email, the Skype notes, and the WhatsApp. We put it out every way we could put it out. And we did it in capital letters, and we sent it to everybody whose address we've had. We've asked you for your people's addresses and stuff on your emails so we could contact them. You didn't give it to us. Otherwise, we'd have sent them to all of them. I think Kathy's asking for a lot of that information repeatedly. So we sent everything out to what we had. Okay, well, anybody, anyway, everybody knows what's kind of going on. We exposed it to the people that do tune in today. I'm trying to comply with my end of this here, but in case there's anybody that slipped through the cracks out there, I want you to know about it. Yeah, absolutely. So, And if, otherwise, uh, we're not you, doing anything different. We're just getting to the point if, where we need to make sure we're not working through the United States. If you signed up anybody in BitClub Network, 
you need to take and go into your enrollment tree and get the direct sign-ups of the people that are inside the United States, not the ones that are outside. They got their own pr protocol. But the ones inside the United States, you put those down and send it to John and Kathy, C-A-T-H-I-E, at mail.com. Perfect. And we just need the account names. That's all we need. Okay. So, so routinely, most of the people that we work with buy a 10-pack or more. And um, you just have to notify them to send them in. If you've recruited them, brought them in, you probably have all that information anyway. Probably in your level up as well. It is. Yeah. So shouldn't be that hard well, to get off. Well, what, what happens once these names are submitted? They once go to they, Andy. Okay, and what, what do they do? What happens then? I have no idea. I'm just following my directions. I'm letting Andy handle all this stuff. Okay, so you can read between the lines there and, and do this. It's important, obviously. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, yeah. all right. Well, you know, Andy and, and Michael uh, have tens of thousands of these accounts they have to deal with. Yeah, I so, can imagine. I mean, yeah, I can imagine. We're just letting them do it because they've got direct access to everybody that's involved. We don't. Yeah. So. Okay, so we'll see how it shakes says, out. The world's changing. It's changing real quick. It's about to change even quicker as they uh, uh, get the less and less means to be able to keep their ship afloat, and they're real close to that right now. I thought today was going to so. be, oh, without a doubt, I thought today was going to be a real big day, and they kept got the plunge protection team up and corrected it overnight. I mean, overnight from when I went to, bed to when I got up this morning, it was corrected. <laughs> well, like they said, you know, they can. everything is denominated in dollars, and we, we can print as many dollars as we want. Oh, yeah. I remember the old senator I was watching one of the uh, years ago being interviewed, and they were asking him about this, about, well, what is going to happen? How are you going to pay all the Social Security people? You know what his remark was? Oh, don't worry. They'll get paid. Oh, yeah. I remember that, too. <clears throat> but he, I also what remember he didn't say was What he didn't say was what we pay them won't buy anything. <laughs> Greenspan told you that, that you know, because I even sent out quotes. I remember when we were doing a lot of care bar stuff because Greenspan was telling everybody to buy gold. This was after he left the Fed, you know. Oh, yeah. He had a number of speeches he did that I thought were really very, very, very good. Well, he had a number of public statements that were very good, too. And there is a school of thought in, in the Bitcoin community that Alan Greenspan is Satoshi Nakamoto. <laughs> I don't think so. Do you, Look who you, he don't, do you, you Do you know he's a brilliant <laughs> programmer and that he wrote the program that connected the banking system to the Federal Reserve? No. I laugh. That's what I've heard. Well, if, I've read it. Okay. If, if, he, if he did that, then uh, obviously he could have written it. He could have, but he didn't. I think it's exactly what this obscure Pakistani guy, I think it's, 
I think that's all true. Oh, well. Time will tell. Of course. Um, Especially that supposedly 980,000 bitcoins that were lost that he had. That makes perfect sense to me. I've seen that happen with other people. Well, we're not that they had bitcoins on there, but they, but they just sent their machines in for this or that, and you know, and all of a sudden they lost a lot of stuff that was on there that they never got to recover. Well, listen, I actually had to pay one time. Yeah. I sent a whole disk into this company, and I paid thousands of dollars to get the information off one of my disks. This was back uh, in the nineties. It was incredible. Nowadays they do it for cheap, but back in those days it was uh, it was you had to pay somebody. They had to get a spacesuit on. They had to go into a clean room. They had to take the whole drive apart. and had to come get the data, and then they, you got your data back, but it was not in the organized fashion that you had it in to begin with. But, well, um, you know what's happening? We're right on the front edge of some really, really substantial changes. We've all known that. We've talked about it for years. We've known it's coming for years. We didn't know that they had... Well, we knew we had they had uh, hidden piles of money, but not to the extent of $21 trillion out of two agencies. And then you add the five, four or five trillion that Rumsfeld announced the day before 9-11, and other that there's at least 323 agencies in, in D.C. now, and that $21 trillion was only out of two of them. Okay, so uh, it's all the the swallows are coming back to Capistrano. It's going to come back to roost on them, and we're right at the front edge of it. Okay, and what the important thing to me is for the folks out there, for you to use when you're talking to other folks, is what's really happening is software is eating the world. Okay, and if you look back. 10, 15 years ago, and you had to make a call from Ecuador to the United States, I'd have to go to a, 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 little, a little kiosk that had phones that connected and go pump quarters in at no telling how much per minute to talk to somebody in the United States. Today, we can pick up the phone and call anybody in the world, okay? Several different ways at no cost and pretty damn good fidelity, even talking halfway across the world to uh, Asia, for example which I, I've done several times, all right? Now, mm -hmm. software is eating the financial industry. That's what we're seeing right now. And they're going to fight it tooth and nail, okay? But we're winning, and they can't win. It's just persevering through all these little upticks and unexpected things like this that we're going to have to deal with. Now, the question becomes, do you know what the next segment that software eats is? I have no idea. Government. Okay? If you heard Gerald Salenti, he's already talking about it. Voting via the blockchain. They're already talking about it. Okay? So we're right at the front end of the financial. It's going to eat the financial next, and then after that is government. So we got a lot of good things to look forward to, and we're very damn fortunate to be this aware in this position at the front end of this thing in, for everything that I can figure. Well, that Catherine Austin Fitz interview with Greg Hunter last time, those two that two two-part series that they did, really scary to me that they passed the new accounting rule that they don't have to comply with any information anymore. Yeah. They don't, you have no, you have no right to know anything anymore under the U.S. And they, as they sit, they've got mark to mark on a, every asset that they want to use, and they don't have to show you that's what they're using. 
In other mm-hmm. words, instead of going with the market value of something, they can just put a whatever damn figure they want on it, and you can't question it, and they don't have to tell you. <laughs> yeah, and then she said that it was not only that $21 trillion missing, they, I think they found another 20 or so oh, trillion. I mean, that come on, that's just something. in two agencies, man. There's over 300 yeah. of them. You know they've stolen in the other ones. Come on. Look well, who we're dealing I, with. Walter, we know these creeps and how they operate at this stage. But that was what Walter Burian was talking about years sure, ago. Sure, with CAFRs, double books, yeah. and all that stuff. All right. Well, listen, I there's the end of Monday. Talk to you later. You're going to be with uh, Jim next? Is he on vacation yeah, this that's week? Coming up. No, no, no. He's back. Okay, good deal. All right. Well, you guys right, have a good time. Uh, we'll comply. We'll comply with the regulations and the requirements here, John. And uh, so we'll see you all tomorrow and kick around. No telling what all is going to happen between now and then. Glad you hung with us today. Sorry for the construction. I'll try and have that alleviated by tomorrow. And you guys have a great day. Thank you, Shane. Thank you, Samuel. Thank you, Chris. We'll see you guys manana and la manana. Bye. Beautiful Ecuador. Hasta luego. Bye, John. Now fly the boy for bed. Up. 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 Up.